good morning. How's everybody doing? It's May. Can you believe it? And look, it stormed last night, but the sun is out right now. That's a good indication of things to come. So uh, we're glad that you're here with us this morning, and I'm excited about uh, sharing with you. Look, Matt Tully just popped on. Happy birthday, Matt. We'll shut you off because Ron's, we'll get you on in a minute, Matt. We'll get your time. You gotta love when they just pop on. Mama get Ron Cox up here right now and uh, get him to lead us in some music this morning. Turn Matt off there. Okay. Ron, I unmuted you. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Ron, don't sound so excited. I can handle that. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, bud. How are you? <clears throat> oh, don't Corona cough into the mic. Hey, I did the thing into my elbow. All right. It's my yeah, just, you're supposed to like uh, cough in your elbow and then you like touch elbows with everybody. What's up with that? I don't know. I've seen people do that though. Doesn't seem right. Uh, yeah. Things, things have changed. That's for sure. I know. I wonder how much of this will re remember even next year. Oh, there'll be scars. Yeah, probably. But there, I, I really believe there's going to be some some good things that come out of it, some good memories and things. I do too. I'm already seeing them. Yeah, things that people people are, people are connecting differently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um. There, there's a we lot. are. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more transparency. That's for sure. Uh, for real. Yeah. Can't hide from your kids. <laughs> Yeah, there they are. Yeah. Hey, it was good to it was good to hang out with you uh, yesterday. Yeah, nice flyby, huh? Yeah, we um we grabbed a bag of Culvers and went and sat on the back deck of Ron and Shannon's and just hung out for a little bit and with our social distancing and all that. Social distancing, right? I had to put on my glasses to see you. Yeah. You got music for us this morning, man? I do. Um. Only thing left is to be able to read it off. All right, man. I'm going to turn myself off and uh, let you go. Cool. Good morning, everybody. Um, we've had a good week here. Hope you've had a good week. Uh, let's just dive right in here. Uh, feel free to sing along at home because I won't know if you're doing it bad or good, but I'm sure it'll be great. Take my eyes off of you, you my heart. 
Bear with me here. There we go. Now let the world 
said some things I want to read just a little bit to you take it just not even a half a minute but uh, the word stuck with me in this next song I think sort of uh, I think it runs hand in hand at least did with me so uh, I'll read you this today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and such a city spend a year there engage in business and make a profit yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Um, I've heard that all my life, and it struck me as uh, something different a couple of weeks ago. So uh, a song popped up, and I thought uh, it'd be a good time to do it and uh, give it a go. I see the flower, the 
awesome dude oh glad to be here today yeah man that was just uh cool to hear that song and um you did a beautiful job with that this and that thank you thanks ron for uh doing what you do man i wish i could do what you do i wish i could do what you do <laughs> all right all right love you buddy love you back reach on yes sir Let's see if we can get uh, Matt Tully to pop up here. I didn't put a, didn't designate him. Where are you, Matt? There you are. Come on, Matt. Birthday boy. Happy birthday. Can't hear you. You're still muted. I'm unmute. I unmuted you. There you are. Happy birthday. You keep muting yourself. There you go. How about now? There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a, a it's been fun so far already. Man, it's bright and shiny right behind you. Is that all right? Uh, it's fine. It's just glaring off your head. You don't want to see me. All right. What are you gonna do for your birthday today? The uh, drink coffee. Yeah. The uh, play tennis. Yeah. Uh, cupcakes. Really. Yeah, and uh, let's see, what else? The kids are here, so we'll probably talk about Jesus at some point, I'm hoping. Where, where'd you get your cupcakes from? Oh, the, uh, it, it, what's the name? Flying Cupcake. Flying Cupcake. It, it's, it's uh, I've become kind of a cupcake snob to go along with a coffee snob. Yeah. And that place is uh, special, it's magical. It, is it not crazy that this world has just cupcake stores now? It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Along with a few other things. Yeah. I hear some laughing in the background because I'm cupcake queen. So you guys doing all right? Yeah, we're doing great. I, uh, uh, you know, actually saw Dale and Shelly last night, which was, which was great. Um, and then I was texting with uh, West Kate this morning. You know, I always say this a lot of times when I get up for prayer time and just ask people if you've got a verse or something or it's on your heart. I just, it's just, it's the only thing in my life that makes sense. I feel like the world's just spun out right now. Right. And scripture is, um, it's the only thing that makes sense in my life. And I was texting with Wes this morning and I've been stuck in a good way in Philippians 4 for, um, for pretty much this this lockdown, and not 
it's a great chapter, but there's just a, uh, there's just a few words in there that I've just been dialed into. And it's in verse seven. And those three words are peace of God. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And when I was texting with Wes was, it looks to me as I read that as I would not be able to gin up that peace on my own. It looks like it's from God. It's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And I think the world, as I'm watching it, it looks like they're, they're reaching for motivational speakers or some type of thing. And I just think that we've got the, you know, capital M motivator dwelling within us. And if we go outside that source, I just think that it's, it's a, uh, it's just like a drug that's just, it's just going to wear off. And I think that we just need to be reminded of who we are in Christ. And I'm grateful for the Levener community and you, Rusty, and the time you put in and, and uh, just to be, be reminded because the world's very distracting, but right. I just, too, it's good for me to remember that uh, the, this peace that we're all looking for dwells within us and it is a, it is a gift from God. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's um, that whole thing. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago when my mom died a couple of years ago, just hearing that it's not my peace, it's his peace in me that, that made, makes the whole difference. And I'm going to ask you to pray for us today. Uh, but just a reminder of all the struggles that have gone on this week. Uh, Andy, Andy Deal lost his dad. Then Brent Sutton lost his dad. And... Uh, Josh Mailing and Holly Ford lost their grandfather. And then uh, yesterday, uh, Dan Lukey lost his younger brother. So it's a, a rough week for our families. Yeah, very good. Well, I'll pray, brother. Right. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, the blue sky and the sun and, and uh, how you're the creator, the provider. You're our source. You're the anchor. You're the you're our very life amongst this group. It's what we share. And uh, we're grateful for, uh, for you and for having us. Lord, we just hold up the, the Pruitt family and, and Dawn and Troy and, and, um, and Jeff and what they're all going through right now. Lord, I'm grateful for the Sutton family. I just knowing Brent, I didn't know his dad, but uh, he had to be so proud of Brent and the man that he became. And, uh, and we'll see him again. And someday Brent will introduce me to his father. And I look forward to that day. And as well with Andy, the, uh, you know, got to know Andy and, and uh, it's been neat to see Andy and the impact that, you know, he's had and <clears throat> getting to know his son and this connection we've had with DJ. And, but I look forward to the day that Andy can introduce me to his father as well, too, when we, when we arrive there. Lord, I hold up Holly and Josh and the loss of their grandfather. Uh, just pray for peace for their family. And uh, Lord just heard about Dan losing his brother. And, and uh, I, I didn't know his brother, but if he's anything like Dan, he's an incredible, incredible man. So uh, Lord, I hold up these brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, along with them, we just want to say thank you for the life you provide in this eternity that you promise. And uh, thank you for having us as part of the family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. All right. You too. Looking forward to it. I'm going to turn you off now. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Matt. Uh,
good stuff. Yeah, we're praying for uh, Dawn and her brother and all the Pruitts. Most of them are traveling back late tonight. I think they leave around 8.30 Phoenix time and land back here about midnight. Uh, so Troy and uh, Madison and Mark, I think Michaela's staying out there with her mom a little bit longer. But just know that we're praying for you guys and know that it's tough. But I'm glad that you had some good family time with them this last week. Uh, people are asking me now that the governor has made his little plan presented, I said little, uh, his plan presented that uh, somehow, what, what does that mean for us as Leavener? You know, I'm still in that stage of, I don't know. I don't know what it means. Uh, we meet in a entertainment center, uh, a bar, and uh, Pinheads is planning on opening up probably the middle of June. So it probably won't be until after that that we get back together. Um, although uh, I'm looking outside and just waiting for a beautiful day to occur, and we might get on here and say, hey, on the Saturday, we're going to meet outside in my backyard on a Sunday morning. I got plenty of room back here. I got softball fields and baseball fields that aren't being used and we can just bring some chairs and hang out and maybe do some outdoor services for a couple of weeks and it'll be okay. It'll be fun just to be able to see you face to face, but we'll communicate that with you as, as soon as we have more direction from God. We're talking about that today is how do you get direction from God in doing these things? How how is he going to like lead us through this whole pandemic thing that we can And, uh, and <laughs> that was Trish <laughs> somehow unmuted herself. Hey, Trish, we hear you, <clears throat> but just allowing God to, to lead us through this whole time and trying to figure out, uh, what we're doing and, um, that's what Paul was doing. So we're going to back up to Acts chapter 15. And let me catch you up to where we were because we did the whole book of James for several weeks. And <clears throat> there's probably some uh, forgetfulness of what happened before that, before the, the letter of James was written. And it was actually Paul's first missionary journey. I'm going to try my uh, technology here and share a screen with you because you know how I like my maps. Here's what's really cool is they started out in Antioch and they, they went down here to, to Paphos. You can see Paphos. Look at that. I can even like draw. I feel like a weatherman. And then <laughs> he made his way over here to Perga. And then he eventually got up here to Antioch, to Iconium, to Lystra and to Derbe, and then he started churches in all these places, and he's traveled around with Barnabas. But the other person that went with them when they left Antioch initially, and they got down here to Pappas, and they, they get into some rough waters, and people that were opposing them, and their beliefs, and everything, and when they got here to this land right here, right below Perga, this is where John Mark John Mark bailed on him. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going back home 
and he left them before they could get up here to Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Derbe. But Paul and Barnabas continued on and they established churches in there. In other words, people converted to Christianity. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Both Jews and Gentiles believed. And so this was his very first missionary journey. And I wanted you to see in a moment when they get ready to start the second journey, I'll show you another map and I'll actually bring it to life of where it uh, is today and what countries that we're looking at today. But I'll do that here in just a second. So now uh, Mark left the group. They finished their first missionary tour and they ended up in Antioch back there. And, and when they got back to Antioch, they were confronted by some traditional Jews from Jerusalem. And there was controversy about what Paul and Barnabas were teaching and converting people from Judaism to Christianity. So then Paul decided that he's going to go to Jerusalem to meet with this council, which included the disciples, and ended up with a letter that affirmed what Paul and Barnabas were doing, their teachings and their ministries. So that brings us to chapter 15, verse 35. Verse 35, and it says this, after some time had passed, after some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Now think about this for a second. This is awesome to think about. They had just spent months unifying the church through the message of Jesus, going to the Jerusalem council and getting affirmation that what they were doing was correct and Everybody agreed with them, both Jews and Gentiles. And now all of a sudden, they've got an argument and it becomes divided between the two of them. Isn't that just like the evil one? That when things are going good, all of a sudden he creates division. And the verse continues and says, And Barnabas took Mark, that would be John Mark, with him and sailed off to Cyprus. Barnabas was not going to give up on his family. Yeah, that's right. John, Mark, and Barnabas were family. Because we can look in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, and it says Barnabas and Mark were cousins. They were actually cousins. And the other thing is, is Barnabas, he didn't give up on others. The early church named him Barnabas because it means son of encouragement. That's in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. Barnabas was seen as an encourager to all the other first believers. And then in verse 40, it says, But Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. So now Paul has selected this new partner, Silas, 
he was a chief man in the church. In fact, he was one that came and came back with them after they got the letter and said, yes, we affirm Paul and Barnabas and all that they're doing. We can see that he was a prophet back in verses 22 and even coming up in 32. And he was a friend of Paul. Silas is probably the Greek version of the name Saul. He was also the co-author of Paul with the letter in Thessalonians, which will be the next letters that we actually cover. First and second Thessalonians probably start in about three weeks. Like Paul, he was a Roman citizen. You'll see that in the next chapter, verse, chapter 16, verse 37. So verse 41 says this, he traveled through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Even though he was parting ways between, we see the parting of ways between Paul and Barnabas as a division, we can also see how the Lord used it as multiplication by making two strong teams here. And then we get into Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, verse 1, it says, Paul went on to Derbe and to Lystra. These are the cities that he visited and established churches in the first missionary journey, where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him. You see, Timothy was probably converted through Paul's ministry, the first stop, the first missionary journey when he visited Lystra, for Paul called him his beloved son in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and my own son of the faith when he wrote to him a letter in 1 Timothy. And then, of course, Timothy's mother and grandmother had prepared the way for this decision by being the first in the family to trust Christ. Look, the first time that Paul saw someone come and receive salvation, those are memorable people and exactly who Timothy's mother and grandmother were. They were memorable to Paul. And so no doubt that young Timothy witnessed Paul's sufferings in Lystra. And he was drawn to the Lord, to the apostle. If he watched all this play out, he was fascinated with it. Timothy was Paul's favorite companion and co-worker. We see that in Philippians chapter 2. Perhaps he could have been the son that Paul always wanted, but never had. Next verse says, So he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that he was, that his father was a Greek. Oh man, I had a bunch of guys sitting on my uh, back deck last week, social distancing and everything, and we talked about the commitment as Jews to be circumcised as adults. That's a big commitment. And now Timothy who is a young man is going to be circumcised. But you have to ask the question, wait, I thought Paul was going around saying that circumcision wasn't necessary. Gentiles weren't required to become Jews in order to be Christians. Well, in fact, when we studied the book of Galatians, 
Paul didn't allow Titus to be circumcised, lest anyone think it he was promoting the cause of being circumcised. So now, why is he saying Timothy needs to be circumcised? And then the opposite is also true, if you think about that for a second. Jews would not be required to abandon their Jewishness in order to become Christians. There's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that Paul ever asked Jews to abandon circumcision as their mark of membership of God's covenant people. And of course, according to later rabbi laws, a child born of a Jewish mother and a Greek father was considered to be Jewish. That law came about after this situation. The marriage of a Jewish woman to a non-Jew was considered a non-legal marriage. And in all instances of non-legal marriages, the lineage of the child was reckoned through the mother. It's crazy to think about this. According to this understanding, Timothy would have been considered a Jew then if the lineage came through his mother. His father, however, being a Greek, would not have had his son circumcised. There is no way. And the local Jews were aware of this. Therefore, Paul and Timothy decided the best thing for them to do was to have Timothy circumcised if he was going to be recognized as a Jew. I'd say at this point, Timothy was committed to the ministry. He had to be circumcised so the Jews would listen to his message. Verse 4, it says this, As they traveled through the towns, most likely those of Iconium, Antioch, and Pisidia, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. Look, we have a letter saying this is, they're in agreement with us. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and grew daily in the numbers. Verse 6, it says, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Mycenae, they tried to go in Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. All right, we just read off a bunch of cities there for you, and I'm actually going to take you to a map here and let you see Paul's journeys. So if you follow the blue line with my mouse there, you can see his first journey. He went all the way up to Derby and then he retraced back with the yellow line. Now we're talking about the second journey. And this is Paul and Silas that are leaving on the second journey. They follow this purple road. Through Tarsus, they started in Derbe, where they picked up Timothy, actually in Lystra, and went on to Iconium and Antioch, Pisidia. Then he tried to go into Asia, this area right here, but it said he wasn't allowed to because of the Spirit. So then he went up north. It says that he couldn't get into Bithynia because wasn't allowed to by the Spirit. So eventually he comes over here to Tarsus, which is a, a Troas, excuse me, he came over to Troas, which is a port city there on Asia. 
And as we continue in this story, you're going to see this, this island right here that we talk about, and he comes over to Philippi, another port city in Macedonia. That's as far as we get today, all right? So in his second journey, you can see that he's traveled this whole distance right here. Now, uh, let, me, let me take you to a different map, and I found this interesting. I was talking with Michelle about this. Let's make sense of this in today's map. I took a Google map and put these cities in the current day map so you can see exactly what we're talking about. But they started in Antioch, which is really the southern tip of Turkey now. And he traveled along here to Derbe, to Lystra, Iconium, which is all a part of Turkey. And then he traveled up here near Istanbul, still Turkey, and he comes along and then he comes over here to Philippi in these next few weeks, Thessalonica, Berea, and Corinth, he'll be in Greece. So this is the Macedonian area up here. And then he'll eventually make his way back to Ephesus and down to Paphos and back home. But I wanted you to see a modern day map with the Mediterranean Sea and how, and of course you've got Jerusalem down here and Israel down here, but this was his home base, Antioch right there. It's just to give you a frame of reference as we read the scripture right here. You know, it says that he wanted to go to Galatia, that they had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak that word in Asia. I'm supposed to go to Israel in October with a group of 35 people. But I don't know if we're going to be able to go because of the pandemic. I want to go really, really bad. But I can see how Paul and Silas and Timothy wanted to go to these places, but the Spirit wouldn't allow them to do that. And this, this is what's cool. And I watch this. The geographical scheme here is certainly not the dominant theme of this passage of Scripture. What's dominant to me is this leading by God through different mediums of revelation. I don't know how God spoke to Paul, Silas, and Timothy, how he kept them from going in these areas. But watch this. If you go forward to verse 10, it says, after he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, the Father spoke to him. Now back up to verse 7. It says, when they came to Mycenae, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Wait, you got God telling them in verse 10, and you got the Spirit of Jesus telling them in verse 7. But verse 6 says this. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Are you kidding me? In those four verses, five verses right there, it acts absolutely reflects the Trinity 
and how the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul and Silas and Timothy and led them through this journey. Now that's a pretty incredible testimony. I'll back up to verse 8. It says, Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. That's that port city that's just on the western coast of Asia there. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. He had a dream, a dream that somebody was telling him to come across the sea and share the good news of Jesus Christ with us there. Macedonia, if you remember, that's where Alexander the Great was from. Alexander had a vision of one world. And now Paul is actually making this come true with the gospel, bringing both Jews and Gentiles together with the message of Jesus Christ. Verse 10, it says, after he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Oh, now what's this? You saw the Trinity. That was a pretty cool show, right? You know, seeing God, the Father, Jesus, Son, Holy Spirit speaking to him. But watch this. Something that you probably missed. Uh, I back up to verse 8. It says, passing by Mycia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. All the references, verse 6, they went through a region of Galatia. Verse 7, when they came to Mycia, now look at verse 10. After he had seen the vision, we, what? It went from they to we? After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Wait, how did all of a sudden it change from they to we we went to first person speech with the usage of we who wrote this book who wrote the book of acts luke did luke's the author of acts we never know when luke joined this party but all of a sudden when it went from they to we we assume this is when luke joined up with paul silas and timothy now there's four of them Verse 11 says this, From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, the next day to Neapolis. <laughs> You're not going to see this, but in that map that I showed you, Samothrace was that little island between Troas and Philippi. Samothrace was a mountainous island with a peak rising 5,000 feet above sea level. So when they got in the boat, they pointed towards that island, knowing that that was the direction towards Philippi. The weather must have been good and the winds favorable because their ship sighted Samothrace the very first day. And it says it took that they went to the island first and then they went to uh, Neapolis right after that. It took them two days. It took them two days. 
But on a return trip, we find out in Acts chapter 20, you know how long it took them to reverse the course from Philippi to Troas? Took them five days. Therefore, they probably had pretty good weather when they were traveling over to Philippi. It's amazing when you can take the whole 66 books and make these stories come alive. And that's what we're trying to do here. Make it real. Verse 12, it says this. And from there to Philippi, a Roman colony, being a Roman colony, obviously Rome was in control and they would send people out to the distant lands and establish colonies of Romans. And a leading city of the district of Macedonia says we stayed in that city for several days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. So now they've done all this traveling. They've traveled through uh, Galatia. They've traveled through Asia. They've sailed and they got to Philippi and they rested for several days. <laughs> it caught up to them. They had to chill out. But on the Sabbath day, they do what they typically do on the Sabbath day. This would have been a, a Saturday for them. But they usually went to some kind of tabernacle, Jewish tabernacle. But it didn't say they went to the tabernacle. It said they went to the river, the city gate by the river. Well, think about that. The Jewish population in Philippi must have been very small since there's no synagogue there. There was only a place of prayer outside of the city gate. You had to have at least 10 Jewish men for the founding of a synagogue. So the Jewish population was very small in Philippi. And he says this, we sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. <laughs> Paul, he is a radical, radical man. You know, uh, back then, which was actually 50 AD, 50 AD, the rabbi, the Pharisees, the men leader says, it is better that the words of the law be burned than be delivered to a woman. <laughs> that was the rabbis. But that was no longer Paul's philosophy. He literally sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. And what's great is it says he spoke to them. He didn't preach. He didn't teach. He just had conversation with them. Verse 14 says this. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening. A woman who was a dealer in purple cloth. Purple was one of the hardest dye colors to ever receive because of the color blue. So you take red and blue and have purple, and it was a very expensive dye. And she was a dealer in purple cloth. Also, you remember that purple signifies royalty. It signifies royalty because it's expensive. So she was a businesswoman dealing with expensive material. 
but more importantly, it says she was a worshiper of God, a Gentile, a Gentile who was not a full Jewish proselyte, but who openly worshiped with the Jews because she was seeking the truth. She's sitting there with Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke and listening to the message that they're sharing. Watch this. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. You hear that? The Lord opened her heart. It doesn't indicate that Lydia was passive in this decision. Yeah, the, the Lord did something. There's no question in Lydia. But it also says Lydia was a God-fearing woman. She was pursuing a relationship with God. She loved God. She feared God as in she respected God. She was also a Gentile who was pursuing the Jews' God. It says that she was listening a God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening. She was doing something. And then it says the Lord opened her heart for her to respond. Lydia had to respond. What is a response to the Lord? It's either yes or it's no. But Lydia, Lydia responded yes. Because in verse 15, it says, after she and her household were baptized, she listened to Paul and immediately got baptized. Not only that, we see that she was an influencer. She was a businesswoman. She went home and she told her family the good news that Paul and the group had been telling her, and they all became believers too. <laughs> She was definitely an influencer. And it says, after she and her household were baptized, she urged us, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And what did she do? She persuaded us. She obviously influenced Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke to stay with her. I'm stopping there today because that's a perfect place to stop. When you see how Paul has taken this message that was conflicted initially by the Jews, then affirmed and taken across, he gets Timothy, who is one of his dear friends, almost sees him as a son, who has come to salvation probably on his first mission, begins to travel and tell the good news, and he sits down with a group of women, and you see this woman influencer receive salvation and she begins to influence where is she she's in philippi what does philippi have to do with anything what about the book of philippians the letter that paul wrote to the church at philippi it was a strong healthy encouraging joyful church in philippi and lydia was the first converted person, a woman. 
Father, I thank you for this time this morning that we can just gather here and dig in your word to study it, to look at it, and to be able to understand it and know that you are a loving, caring God and that your message is for all. And your message in a time like this is absolutely necessary that you love all people. So Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for allowing us to gather here on laptops and phones and iPads and everything else. I pray that you would just continue to lead us and guide us. Show us, Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, what we are to do, not only today, but tomorrow and the weeks to come. I trust you with myself and with all my friends, your church. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.